This episode is brought to you by Eagle LA, Los Angeles' premier leather rock and roll bar. Don't miss the Sunday Beer Bust every week starting at 2 p.m. There's no cover, and domestic drafts are only $4. Welcome to Leather 101. I'm your host, Doug Milliken, Mr. Regiment 2024. The Gold Coast was a leather bar for gay men in Chicago that operated from 1958 to 1988. It was one of the first bars created by and for the gay leather community in the United States. The Mr. Gold Coast contest became so popular that a larger venue was needed, and in 1979, the title was changed to International Mr. Leather. IML is now a multi-day conference and competition celebrating the leather, kink, fetish, and BDSM communities. It's held annually in Chicago over the Memorial Day weekend, drawing participants from around the world. Six winners have come from Los Angeles over the 45-year history of the contest. In today's episode, we talk to Marcus Borella. He's a Mexican Texan who's ready for some sexing. He's been a member of the Eagle LA staff for 18 years and is prepping to be a UCLA student in Spanish and queer studies. He is Eagle LA Mr. Leather 2023 and International Mr. Leather 2023. Marcus talks about his childhood growing up in Texas, his colorful career, winning the Eagle LA Mr. Leather and International Mr. Leather titles, and of course, his magic beans. Let's get started. Marcus, welcome. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to be here in my apartment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me in your apartment. I appreciate it. And the, the coffee is really quite nice. Oh, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Instant coffee, only the best. Instant coffee is the best. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't drink coffee within a foot of my computer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds smart. <laughs> this is for the ASMR bitches. I was told by my title daddy that, how dare I not record everything he say? And I'm like, it's a sound test. He's like, yeah, but I said something brilliant a minute ago. I'm like, okay, fine. So um, tell me where you were this week. Oh, wow. I just got back from Bogota, Colombia, and I was there for the Mr. Colombia Leather Contest. It was only the second time that they've done this contest. There's a wonderful man named Jorge Rojas, I believe is his last name, and he and uh, his boyfriend, uh, his name is Steve, I forget his last name, but they started to produce this contest. They actually live in Chicago. Jorge is uh, from Colombia, and um, and he's very passionate about leather community. He's very passionate about IML. He's very passionate about Colombia, and so um, through his efforts... This contest is um, really creating a big buzz, I think, in the community there. So it was so exciting to get to judge that contest this weekend. That's fantastic. What was it like? What was it like? The judging part. Well, you know, judging is similar um, every time I do a judging panel. I really enjoy judging. And then that sounds like... You know that you enjoy being judgy. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be the obvious, <laughs> like the obvious, like catty, bitchy sort of thing. But catty, bitchy really isn't my forte. Um, 
the reason I like judging is because I get to be a part of, of each individual's experience of putting themselves out there in this really vulnerable way. And that is my forte. Like that is what I get really excited about. And, um, I think it's one of the most special things about deciding to put yourself out there for a leather contest is the investigation that one gets to do to decide how they want to present themselves to their community. It's, it's really uh, magical. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about how you grew up, how I grew up. Yeah. Let's go back to your childhood. Well, I'm from Midland, Texas. Um, I am Chicano. Uh, I am Latino. These words, uh, um, Mexican American that, that was in my bio. Um, I didn't grow up calling myself Mexican American. I would say Hispanic, but, um, I grew up from in Midland, Texas. It's a small city in West Texas. And, um, I didn't like it there. It's very conservative. I grew up Catholic. And when I was 17, I told my parents that I was, uh, gay and, and then, um, when I was 18, I went to the gay bar in the neighboring city. It's called Odessa, Texas. It's about 20 miles away. And Midland is more conservative and doesn't have any gay bars or like uh, strip clubs or anything like that. And Odessa is a little more trashy, I suppose. Oh, the whore place. It's, it's known as Odessa, apparently. <laughs> and um, that's where they had a gay bar at the time. And co- coincidentally, conveniently, it was named Oz. Aww. I was always a big fan of the Wizard of Oz. Were so. there like rainbows and like yellow brick roads and like ruby slippers everywhere? You know, I don't remember any references. Like what? There was no Wizard of Oz paraphernalia anywhere, which was, this was the something 90s? super wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't like. Um, that's fine. <laughs> it wasn't like. Um, like references to Oz, that that show where everybody's like in prison, getting fucked all the time. Well, first of all, the nineties is that show. I think from it was the nineties. Anyway, it was great. Oh my god, uh, it was Christopher Maloney. Yes, I didn't see that show actually. Oh. Uh, unfortunate. I think I. You might be saw. too young for that. I uh, yeah, am. Because you're he, he's a few years younger than me. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, yes, I'm very 22. <laughs> I started working at the Eagle when I was, wait, 18. When you were 22. three, right? Yeah. <laughs> four, four. <laughs> okay. Not, anyway, uh, reality also, check. He's not going to disclose his age, people. Oh, no. Actually, I'm actually quite excited to share my age. I will be proud. 40 um, on Sunday. December 10th. Happy pre-birthday. Thank I saw you. the posters up at the Eagle and I'm like, Marcus, is, you didn't see it they, yet? They there's said posters. they weren't going to p- print them. I saw it. Yes, there's <laughs> happy birthday Marcus posters with your naked ass. Oh, it's actually not naked, but it's close enough. Well, yeah. they look beautiful. It's actually a really nice picture of you. It's fantastic. I'm so excited that the poster is there. I actually usually... It's Charlie, of course. To go back... Thanks, Charlie at the Eagle. Thank you, Charlie. Um... To go back to like how I grew up, like I grew up hating myself. I was so insecure about being a big old fucking homo that, you know, wanted the ruby red slippers and couldn't tell anybody did about it. Did you want the slippers or did you just want the dicks or was it both? 
Well, I wanted dicks, certainly, but they yeah. they weren't necessarily attached. Those two things aren't, weren't attached to each other, necessarily. It's like my wearing ruby red no. slippers had nothing to do with the fact oh. that I wanted to fuck like Garth Did Brooks. You, but can I ask? Okay. Yes, we all love Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is still delicious. In, even when he's in his coffin, he's going to be hot. I'm just saying. They're going to make him look good. You know I'm telling the truth. But no, did you... Did you have, I guess, some um, experiences where you might have dressed in your mother's clothes or put on her heels or anything like that? Um, more specifically, I loved it in the 80s that girls would wear like long t-shirts to sleep in. And that was like a girl's sleeping gown or whatever. So you and had so one. I would wear long <laughs> t-shirts to sleep in. But when I was in private, I would put a belt around my t-shirt and another t-shirt on my head. <laughs> And I would transform into a high school cheerleader. Oh my God, yes. this is amazing. Yes, and I'd do cartwheels and I would pretend that I had a you know, a quarterback boyfriend when he was really hot. What was his name? Like Biff or Steve or something? Um, yeah, it was probably Jack, I think. Jack. Yeah. Never let go, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that's what you'd say when he's holding you up, right? Never let go, Jack. <laughs> Okay, so um, You're funny. so back to you and young gay. Um, yes, tell me more. Oh yeah, so you know I had this history of in, like intense insecurity and um, a bit of like suicidal ideation. You know, just to put it lightly, um, but uh, which is not a hard thing for me to talk about. Um, but um, around my birthday, it was always like a really good excuse for me to pretend that to hate myself more actually and um so sometimes i would just i just try not to talk about it but um and you know and i like turned off the notification on facebook so nobody knows that it's my birthday um <laughs> uh, but this year it was like it's my 40th birthday and uh, i hate parties i've had a party before and i you know, I did it be because I wanted to do something differently. Like I got sober and I was like, okay, so I do things differently and I'm willing to have new experiences because I'm sober. Now I'm a new, I'm trying to be a different person. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I did in that first year when I was sober, I had, um, a party for my birthday. And, um, was that the first time you had held an actual party for it's yourself? The first time. And it was a vision board party. Oh. I, that was, a, there was pizza and supplies for all my friends to come over and make their own vision board. Um, but nobody made their own pizza though. No, nobody. That would be another party. Yeah. No, no we didn't. We, the, it was about the creative process and okay. about making our dreams come true. But, um, so this year I was like, I'm not, I'm not having a party. I've, feel like I've been celebrating my life this whole year. It's been like a big, you know, celebration and I feel totally spoiled. Um, but I just wanted to acknowledge that it was my birthday because I'm going to be working all weekend long and I didn't want to, last year it, I worked on my birthday and I didn't tell anybody and you know, the whole night had almost gone by and then somebody sort of it came out somehow. And, um, so I just, this year I wanted to like, the the main difference it even says it on the poster he doesn't like cake he doesn't like parties he just wants to celebrate his birthday like oh um and then to be and he likes dick oh well dick is always a, uh, a nice present yeah. <laughs> throw all the dicks at me that's right everybody should just wear a bow and dicks. you can unwrap all the presents Oh yeah, yeah. I like this you idea. Like that? You're yeah. very creative. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping this one around. You need to like travel with me. <laughs> I'll be your your assistant. 
That's right. right. Do you have Patrick? Yes, I have Patrick. (laughs) Troublemaking assistant. That's right. That's how I'm made. So uh, let's go back a little bit to... um, I mean, I love the I love the prancing around uh, in the the um, the cheerleader outfit, but fast forward to um, IML. Now, what got you to IML? Like, tell me about your first leather competition. Um, well, I did the Eagle LA contest in 2023. It was in January, the beginning of the year. I've worked at the Eagle, like I said, like the bio says, for 18 years. I started working there when I was 21 years old, and when I when I first moved here to Los Angeles, I went there to get drunk, and they offered me a bar backing job. And you I, were just prancing around, and they said, "Do you want to work here?" Um, yeah, I was actually mostly in a blackout, but I came to for that moment, like to have that short conversation, wow. and um, and uh, I didn't think I. I remember thinking, oh, I'm, why is he asking me this? I'm not cool enough to work at this place. And um, You do have a mirror, right? Well, I mean, I was 21. I'm, like, I'm super fucking cool. I'm amazing now. But when I was 21, I was just a <laughs> little Were you a little, little nerdy boy. at the time? No, no. I was a dorbs, but, <laughs> um, but I was still just a little boy. Aww. But um, anyway, I, I followed up with them. I started working that week, and I have not left the bar sense so um i tell you i remember i watched you win mr eagle and i was just so i had met you a few times and we chatted a bit just over like oh what do you want to drink you know but watching you on stage and just listening to you elocute i've found in the last you know couple years it's very interesting when you see people that are in these competitions and you know immediately who's gonna win very often when they start talking, like everybody looks like what they look like. But as soon as you see somebody's speech and, and I was like, he's so got this. And uh, it was really impressive just the way that you, that you told your story at the Eagle. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been working there since I'm 21 and I was 39 when I did the contest. And um, I always told Charlie every now and again, we'll ask, if you do want to run for the title and I'm like I want to do it someday but I I want it to be when it's the right time when it because it's you know people who run for titles are really committed to being involved in the leather community and while I love working at the Eagle I wasn't going to events like I was pursuing a whole other life I was trying to be a makeup artist and uh, for a few years I was be, I was being a bit of a drag queen I was a drag queen as well so, um, so I had a whole other set of priorities, but when the makeup fell away, the relationship fell away, I was like, it's time to leather and leather community was w- where I knew I wanted to go to continue to grow in a new way. And that's something that's really important to me is like, how do I want to grow? I, I, I mean, I, it's already obvious. I've talked about it a, f- a couple of times. I even had a birthday party to get everybody to make their own vision board. I'm always interested in my own goals and dreams and other people's. And I like to see that process. You know, I think it's really amazing. So after you won Mr. Eagle, what did you do next? After that, I needed to have more experiences. I needed to go to more events. So I went to uh, Darklands. Um, that was sort of on a whim. Is that Amsterdam? No, actually it's in Antwerp, Belgium. Oh, I've been to Antwerp. 
Mm-hmm. You might not know that from looking at me. I actually, uh, this is not about me. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I played a competition in Antwerp and this really hot daddy bear from uh, Brussels came down and took me to Paris for the weekend. That's a story for another episode. Anyway, back to you. But wait a second. You played a competition, a bagpipe competition? I, I did play bagpipes in uh, this medieval renaissance music competition. Um, yeah. In Antwerp? In Antwerp. Yeah, wow. it was pretty fucking great. And I also took some leather with me. I took a, a harness... Um, and scared the shit out of my roommate, and he uh, he was a little afraid of me, but he's been a really good friend of mine now for like 23 years, and that was the first weekend he met me, was in Antwerp with bagpipes and a fucking leather harness. Did you go to the Boots? I, I, I did not go to any of the leather okay. places there. I, I did go to the Bear's Den in Paris, though, when I was there that weekend, and the bartender kept saying to me, like, I'll open early for you. And I'm like, oh, shit. So um, I was popular, and, you know, I was even a, a, a slightly, okay, much chubbier bear at the time. Um, but I had some fucking fun in, in Paris, let me just tell you. Didn't he say it in French? Uh, my French was actually pretty good. Je vous en prie. Oh, is, that, that, is that in, in French? That, um, that says whatever the fuck you want in okay. French. <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. Anyway, I, 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 it's funny. I had uh, practiced some uh, conversational French on this really hot guy. And he, we're talking about like movies and shit. And he was just really being polite. But um, anyway, story for another time. So Antwerp, Darklands. Oh, yeah. I went to Darklands. That was uh, incredible. I also, on that trip, I, I spent a couple of days in Amsterdam as well. And so... The next event I think uh, I did was, I guess, was LAL, LA Leather Contest, which I chose not to compete in because I wanted to simplify my life. I'm also a student, and I was taking only one course at the time, but I don't like to over over complicate my life you know what i mean if i, w- I want to give a hundred percent to everything that i'm doing so like school doesn't come easy to me and so i was like you know what i want to go to iml and i had i'd been preparing for two years almost i mean a year before because when i decided to do the contest it was after i went to the first claw um leather getaway and we didn't have a, a contest that, that year because of the pandemic. Mm. And so I had a year to prepare, which I also went to Easter Berlin at, at that time. Um, and then I went to IML, my first IML. Yeah, those are, I, I was, that was my strategy. It was like, go to events, meet people, and have experiences, learn about myself. So you've set the scene Okay, we've got Eagle LA, mm-hmm. we've got Darklands, we've got Antwerp, we've got hotties in Paris. Oh, sorry, that was me. Um, we've got all of this. I've got hotties. <laughs> I no, think I've you have hotties one. everywhere. I've got one hottie in Paris. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes. Hey, Jean-Paul. <laughs> all right, so tell me now, you go to IML as a contestant. What was that like? Well, it was awesome to meet more people again. I was very committed. I've done another sort of pageant before. I guess some people may hate that I'm calling IML and using the word pageant, but I think most people sort of agree. Like, You were the first, second alternate, weren't you? <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> yes. And um, I, you know. Did you break a heel on stage? I did not break a heel on stage, but I prepared for that. I did this. Uh, fundraiser. It's called the Best in Drag Show, and I raised, I helped raise a lot of money by 
being in, dra- in this drag pageant, my character was Wilhelmina Wonka. We are sitting. <laughs> Wilhelmina. She was Willy Wonka's daughter, and uh, we were we are sitting in front of a big p- mouth and and uh, lips that, that goes on your shoulders. Yeah, right? yeah. It was part of my costume for that show. Oh, that's um, fucking. I wish you could see this. Yeah, so I I prepared for that for a year, and I learned aerial acrobatics just for that. For were you for hanging from the ceiling? I was hanging from the ceiling, and it was so fucking cool. You no, know, were you really hanging from the ceiling? I, I hung from the ceiling <laughs> and I spun. Um, but you know, one of my favorite memories of that was I decided that I wanted to my entrance for my my talent portion when I was going to do Spanish web, which is like hanging from a rope and being mm-hmm. spun. Yeah. By an oompa loompa down on the floor. <laughs> anyway. Um, I decided to be really cool to descend. So to start, um, you know, the curtains are closed. I climb up the rope and I turn myself upside down and I'm just staring at the ceiling at the Orpheum Theater waiting for my cue to start slowly descending from the top. And it was just like this beautiful, peaceful moment that I was like... A, a sort of a dream come true to have this 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 performance because I always wanted to be a pop star and you know I am a pop star and it says it on my knuckles Aww. so um, but that was when it of also my... says whore oh wait that's on mine just kidding. <laughs> I just need six fingers for that or whatever how many fingers the whore is implied yeah but um, <laughs> that's beautiful though sometimes people see porn star so but you people know, see what way. they want to see either way yeah. Um, anyway, but I didn't win, and I know part. I know why I didn't win, and it was part because of my like insecurity, shy self, which there's a story there too. And I guess I'll just go ahead and tell it. We only get one rehearsal, and uh, I finished my performance, and I was coming down the rope, and the curtains are closing, and there was like four feet of curtain, and all I had to do to make sure I could take my bow was slide under, like I was sliding, you know to home base and getting, you know... In heels. Since I was doing aerial acrobatics, I did not have any shoes on. But all I had to do was run, but instead of run and, like, take my bow and, like, force my bow, like, sliding... Like, the universe set that up for for the audience to be there with me. And instead of doing that, I timidly took a little tiny bow behind the curtain that that nobody was going to get to see, and I knew it was a huge... Mistake, but I, I was worried about the show lasting too long. If I slide under the 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 curtain, it's going to take up a moment of time that then everybody's going to be inconvenienced. Wow! See, this is like old. It was old like programming, old stuff that was showing up wow. in this like this moment that was so important to me, and it was set up for the whole room to be there with me. And so I was like, fuck no, this isn't happening again at IML. Nope. I'm getting my redemption. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, not that I'm telling you that I used to do drag too. A very long time ago, like 30, 40 years ago. Well, well okay, he is much older ago. than me. I am not that much older. Anyway, it was like, okay, I had just come out. So anyway, that's another story. But I remember sort of growing up with drag queens. Like once I came out, these were the people that saved my life and they were my best friends for a long time. Um, And part of it is they were the cuntiest, bitchiest, most amazing, terrible people. And 
I just had to be with them. And uh, But the thing that always rings true to me is that drag queens will absolutely inconvenience everyone just so that they can be seen. So maybe that was the universe telling you, hey, there's another another way for you to be seen. So I'm sort of glad you didn't win that pageant. Well, yeah, I mean, it was just how it went down. And it certainly fueled me when I was preparing for this. And, you know, I guess one of my favorite moments, the speech was super important. And if I have any words of wisdom to my friend here who is going to be competing in the Mr. L.A. Leather contest soon, it is that I was given some advice from Mike Gurley, who won IML in 2007. He said, you need to get your speech set. This was months before IML. He was like, all the clothes, everything needs to be connected to the speech. You need to write your speech. And I was like, ah, oh, I thought I had more time. It's like three months away. And and no, he's like, get the speech. And so I had to like, you know, go inside of myself and boohoo and figure out like, what the fuck did I, was I trying to say? And when I got to do my speech at IML, I got on stage and I was immediately moved to a lot of a lot of emotion. So much emotion came up. And I was like, they're all waiting for me to start my speech. I don't care if they're waiting. <laughs> I was determined to, you know, start when I was ready and just let the whole room wait with me. Well, you know, I, I have watched that video maybe a few times and uh, it's really beautiful. But... I see what you're saying. Like you get on stage and it's almost like it's just you. It's just you and sort of the universe and the universe can wait. But I think that that helps to make it a little more powerful. I'm just very glad that you're so on time because I'd hate it if they would, uh, you know, clocked you for like going over. Well, that's the thing. The speech is timed. It's a strict minute and a half and they turn the microphone off, but they don't start until uh, you start talking until you start opening your mouth. So what's interesting was in rehearsal of this speech, which I had memorized for a while, I wouldn't usually get emotional, although I wanted to. And so the moment that the way it happened as I was getting emotional, just walking on stage and walking up to their microphone and standing there, I was like, oh, this is perfect. It doesn't take up any of my time. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm, you know, and it fell out of me. It was completely authentic. You know, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't forced whatsoever. It was just like, it all just hit me. And it was so funny. Uh, I knew that I was like, I, ha- I had like, every last second so that when I say the last line I sort of like say it with like a pointed because I could see that clock was like I oh have you like could one see the clock left. yeah oh that's I fucking didn't, awesome I didn't watch the clock until the very very end wow anyway so this is actually the the first time I've gotten to tell that story connected to how I was like wanting my redemption from the last time that I didn't win my pageant but I worked really hard <laughs> well you got your redemption that's absolutely fucking true yeah Note to the producers for Los Angeles Leather, um, have a clock. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Um, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Eagle LA, Los Angeles's premier leather rock and roll bar. Congratulations to Daddy Larry, the newest Eagle LA Mr. Leather 2024. We are all so proud of him. Whether you're planning out your week or an upcoming vacation, check out all of the hottest leather events Eagle LA has to offer. Take a visual tour of the calendar at eaglela.com and find out what's going on to get your juices flowing. 
I, I just love I love the the journey, you know, like where where you've been. It's like integral to where you got to. Because yeah. if you hadn't done all of those things, like you maybe couldn't have done what you've done. Like whether it's failure or just like stepping stones or whatever through your life. But for me, I think that a lot of the shittiest things that have ever happened to me are the reasons why I was able to make the good things happen because I learned something, yeah. you know, I, or I just said, you know what, this is never going to happen to me again. Yeah. But being able to like get into that mind mindset and see things from that perspective is not always an easy thing to do. So did, have you had any mentors in your leather journey? Oh my God. Absolutely. Anybody who is not going to be able to identify their mentors, like, what kind of asshole is that? Like, what? You just, I was completely self-made? Fuck that. No. We are community-made, you know? Everybody, we affect each other, okay? So maybe uh, maybe I can piss somebody off in the way that I describe that. However, I'll just, uh, I'm really passionate about this idea of understanding who has affected you and giving them that kind of credit, you know? First of all, Charlie Matula and Hunter Fox, they hired me at the Eagle and then extension, we have Vince. He's the other, he's the, uh, another owner. So Hunter and Charlie and um, Mike Gurley specifically for um, uh, coaching me through my Eagle LA Leather Contest and through uh, IML as well. And also um, Tom Pardo has been uh, a wonderful friend and mentor to me as well. Do you know Tom? I don't think so. I know this sounds terrible, but if you showed me a picture, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. that bitch. Yeah, probably. But um, anyway, so those are some of my main mentors. Um, My ex-boyfriend as well, I guess, has been a bit of a, a, definitely a mentor to me in different ways. Um, And I think that um, his um, experience in leather community, because he had more than I had, I think, at the time, also inspired me to kind of move in that direction more. So you mentioned that you were a drag queen. You are now Mr. International Leather. They call it IML, but it's Mr. International Leather, correct? Uh, no, no. Is it Here, International Mr. Leather? Here's here's what everybody likes to do, and it's funny, and I, I didn't notice this until somebody pointed it out after I won, and they said, well, now here's to a year of people calling you Mr. IML, which is technically redundant, because <laughs> IML, the, the M is for Mr. International Mr. Leather. I'm just IML. I'm, but... I, you know, people call me Mr. IML all the time and I don't correct anybody. It's adorable. Because I know that when I refer to you, I'm like, oh, he's IML. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, internet, Mr. So it's like, there's really, it's just, he's IML. International Mr. Leather. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect everybody to know about it. (laughs) Like, not everybody I come across knows what it it is. So So how do you get from being an introverted little kid to being a drag queen and then IML? Like, take me on that journey a little bit. Um, Well, the Eagle was a big part of that because when I was 21... I started working there and those were the first times that I would be in public without a shirt on. Like I'd never done that before. Um, uh, I wouldn't wear a shirt when I was working. Um, and then I would wear gear when I was working too. And then there's 
you know, my sobriety plays a, a big part of how I've learned to be more comfortable in my in my skin. I've been sober for almost 13 years. Uh, my sobriety date is February 7, 2011. So if I don't drink before February 7th in 2024, I will have 13 years sober. Congratulations. But, well, thank you. That has been a, a huge important piece of me learning to be just more comfortable with who I am and giving me an opportunity. Like this is the way that I'm able to understand myself on a deeper level. Another thing I did to kind of break out of a bit of shyness was I went to the uh, Gay Naturist International Camp, GNI. Is that like the Henry David Thoreau for nudists or something? It is. Well, I don't know what Henry David Thoreau oh. I've got a book for you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's a nudist camp. And I chose to go to the East Coast version because West Coast has a version too, the Seamen Group, California Men Enjoying Nature. They've got the best name ever, don't they? <laughs> Seamen. I swear. Like, who thought of that? Obviously some faggot. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to go to that event because I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm high profile. Like, everybody knows me from the bar. And, and I was like... I was scared to be that, you know, vulnerable, like naked in front of everybody, but, but I knew I wanted it. So there's a lot of things that I knew I wanted, but I was scared and I just had to find ways to tiptoe in that direction. G and I helped me a lot. That was wonderful. Well, okay. Since we're talking about it, what else is kinky that you're into? Obviously nudism. Well, I guess there's uh, so close to nudism is exhibitionism, but I'm not like a big exhibitionist. Oh, we all love exhibitionism. Well, while I say that I'm not, there's a version of me that is because I have a Twitter profile, X profile, mm-hmm. that is X is basically me, you know, being a, a version of an exhibitionist. I'm just not the most exhibitionist mm-hmm. of all. Like I was at the airport and this really hot guy on fucking sniffies or whatever was mm-hmm. like I'm in this bathroom I'm like no 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 I can't do this with like a fucking busy airport terminal even though he was hot and I wanted to but like I just couldn't <laughs> I think I think we all think about that in fact like when I was uh, going to Hawaii with my husband maybe I think it was about a year and a half or two years ago we're at uh, LAX and we're, we have to sit. My husband is a flight attendant, so we go early. I mean, he's used to sitting in the airport, like, all fucking day. So he's, like, drags me there. I'm not... It's okay, Steve. Um, he drags me there, and we go... Okay, he didn't drag me. We went. Um, we went there early, and uh, I'm like, okay, we have an hour and a half before they even board. So we're going to relax. I'm going to have some coffee, and I'm going to go pee. I swear to God, like, of course, I have to open up scruff or something like that. This is before Sniffies really was big. And or at least before I knew about Sniffies. And um, they're like two guys that are like, yeah, I'm in this stall. And I'm like, um, I'm in a sort of a nice little uh, summer suit. And I don't really want to get cum all over me. And my husband's 30 feet away. As hot as this sounds... There's no way. Plus, I'm not going to fucking jail. I'm supposed to be going to Hawaii right. in, in like exactly. an hour and a half. So, no. Aside from that, I actually had a fucking cock cage on at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to talk about a kink. Like, <laughs> but, but the funny thing about the cock cage is like, I don't use it, I guess, the way some people do. It's like giving the key to somebody. I'm like, no, sometimes I just want to wear it for myself and I have the key and I take it off when I want. And 
I definitely couldn't have flown comfortably. I had to take it off when I got into the plane. I was like, it was hurting already. <laughs> well, is it a, is it a, like a large cage? Well, I mean, I, you could I, imagine. It has have you, to be. Have you seen my Twitter? I mean, come I have on. seen a few things. <laughs> I've seen a few things. Um, <clears throat> and Marcus, what, how tall are you? Just for uh, people. I'm 5'7". I don't know what that is in European standards. It's still 5'7 in Europe. <laughs> they um, use a different... <laughs> I know. They use centimeters and shit. Or like kadams or something. I don't know. I think that's what they used in like ancient Egypt. Padams? Kadams. <laughs> no, not padams. No, they, that's, um, they do that in Australia. A measurement tool. It is a unit of measurement in Australia. <laughs> that's right. Padam. One padam, two padam, three padam. And then <laughs> they measure in... in that okay. probably sounds racist. I'll stop there. That's going to be edited out. <laughs> or will it? Um, that's okay. Let's talk about daddy issues. Daddy. Okay. Do you have daddy issues? Why? Because you have daddy issues? I that's definitely have daddy topic. issues. I love daddy issues. Like, okay, well, let me ask you. Are you a daddy or do you like daddies or both? Yes. 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 And yes. <laughs> yes. What was your first like daddy fantasy? Or maybe your first daddy experience. Oh, well, okay. So um, I do like my first daddy fantasy because I grew up in Texas, right? And as a second grader, first grade or whatever, I was trying to be the kind of boy that I was supposed to be, you know? like So I was collecting baseball cards, and I chose a favorite baseball player. My favorite baseball player was Nolan Ryan for the pitcher for the Texas Rangers because I'm from Texas. And so he had a series of baseball cards and it were it was just Nolan Ryan cards on every pack, just Nolan Ryan cards. I had this whole collection of baseball cards. My most coveted baseball card I found within the packages of Nolan Ryan. It was a picture of him on his ranch next to a horse wearing chaps and a cowboy hat and it was called the gentleman rancher that was my favorite baseball card and all of them there were a few of him on the farm with on the ranch with his family there's like all his kids or whatever and his wife but (laughs) his wife his wife (laughs) bitch We all hate her. But I didn't care about that card. But it was just so funny. I was doing this thing as a second grader to try to be the kind of boy I was supposed to be. And still... And you know what? I have that card. You still have that? Well, no. Do you have it like in a vision board somewhere? No, I do have it in my collection of things. I have tons of uh, altar items that I use. Anyway, I don't have the one from my childhood. I ordered it somehow online. I found it and I, I just needed to have it. But you, if you see the picture, you'd be like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But so, like, this is this has all been just co- completely natural for me. And it's very interesting, like, seeing some of your looks from, from uh, IML. Like, I could see you as sort of, like, the postmodern, like, gay version of that. You know? I mean, the chaps look so good on you, but... And I don't mean that to, you know, butter you up. It's just, it looks so natural and it looks like an extension of your, your inner self, like the cowboy hat, the chaps, like your, your outfit, uh, the, the formal leather look. Describe that, that look. Like what did you work with Adrian? We love Rough Trade. Adrian over at Rough Trade to make that, or was that his idea? Yeah. Adrian was amazing. I mean, I'm going to take uh, some credit because they these things were my ideas. Like I came to him with collages of different elements from 
from different pictures that I wanted in each thing. So I had a collaged picture for each look that I wanted to create and references so that we could together figure it out. But it was based on my heritage. I like chaps. I put mariachi sort of, I don't know, people call them conchas, but it's like bling. It's, um, they're beautiful. Like, seriously, I don't think I'd ever seen anything like it. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was my idea. Except on mariachis, and they're always hot. Oh, my God. And it's, it's been a, a dream of mine to, like, be a mariachi singer, but also to, like, wear that look. That's just such a beautiful look. And then, you know, to wear like a big buckle and a cowboy hat, it was, I was wanting to display my, who I am, where I'm from in my clothes, in a leather look. And my formal was inspired by a Mexican revolutionary hero named Emiliano Zapata. You know, you can look at that look and just think, oh, this fits into anybody's idea of what a leather look looks like. Mm -hmm. But if you look a little closer, it's like, you can also kind of tell like, this isn't something I'm used to seeing right. as well, but it was still in the same language. Right. And that's what I thought was so clever. And, you know, Adrian helped me do that. Also, um, Michael Schmidt as well. He created the bandoliers that I wore that were, you know, I couldn't have, I couldn't have had that look completed without those bandoliers. And that was a, a huge challenge to figure out who was going to be able to create this mm. piece for me because it was very unique. And I cried I cried uh, because I'm a big crybaby, but when he finished them and I had them at home and he's a customer at our bar and he makes things for all of the biggest pop stars. He's, you know, worked with everybody, with Tina Turner, Cher, like Beyonce, like he's worked for with everybody, but he's been a customer at the Mm -hmm. bar for ever since I started working there. And I was like, I went and approached him timidly, and I was like, can you make me something for my contest? Um, and he was willing to, while he's working f- for Mariah Carey and Beyonce and whoever else he was working for. And share. He, yeah, like, he made this piece for me. And after it had been done, and one, di- one day he was walking into the bar, and I saw him as he, as he was walking in. This was in the driveway, because I happened to be talking to the door guy at the time. And I just went up to him and hugged him, and I start, I was so giddy and excited. I was like, thank you, thank you. Then it shifted from joyful happiness to, like, weeping in his arms Aww. because he made my dream come true. Like, I envisioned this when I learned about Emiliano Zapata in 2020 when I took a Latin civilization class at the LACC Community College. And I started to imagine, I saw a picture of him, I thought he was so handsome, and I was like, this is a Tom of Finland character in Mexican revolutionary Mm. language. And so then I got to embody this idea on myself, which was, you know, which was a dream come true. It's beautiful. And it's so authentic. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's something no one else had done, I think. Okay. So... Tell me about either your most interesting or most terrible sexcapade. Well, one of the first like kinky stories that comes to mind, and what's interesting about kink is that the sexual component isn't always the primary thing of it. But, you know, in my adventures to prepare for my leather contest, adventures, the, the Eagle LA leather contest, I went to Berlin for the first time mm-hmm. as a leather person does go to the Mecca. As one does, is yes. Berlin. 
or as the Europeans, I like the when the Europeans they always put the accent at the beginning, like Berlin, Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, th- well, they're, they're, you know Berlin's symbol is a bear. But so yeah, so I went to Easter Berlin, which is a you know a busy weekend of all the leather people coming together for lots of fun uh, events in Berlin, and I had seen this guy online on scruff that i thought was sexy and oh and i actually i was like shopping in one of the stores and i then i saw him in person you know i was like oh i don't see anything in the store that i really need but i need him and i was (laughs) sort of like staring at him in his beautiful beard from his name's not lucas is it his name is not lucas who's lucas i love lucas lucas um He's Mr. Mr. Fetish Berlin. Mm-hmm. He's also, I think, a former Mr. Oh, Mr. Love, Leather Berlin. I love Lucas. Uh, Lucas <laughs> is adorable. He's so sweet. I met him in uh, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Lucas. Come fly Lucas, with me. We love you. Yes. Okay. So um, back to Berlin. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I didn't have the balls to talk to him when he was shopping in that store. And I often think uh, I'm... I'm Maybe some people won't believe this, but people don't always, you know, also like me. Like, I get rejected sometimes also. <laughs> lies. All lies. Yeah, I and you know, and often, it's, sometimes it's it's way more often than I would have liked. And so, uh, <laughs> although, although I've been, I think I've been received much more lately. But anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, so I didn't. Received. <laughs> I didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Um, so I didn't talk to him that time, Mm -hmm. but I think we'd maybe chatted a bit on, on Scruff, but like the next day I was walking down the sidewalk in one direction and he's coming down the same sidewalk in the other direction. And so we stopped and we talked to each other because I guess we chatted and he's like, he just kind of looked down at me sort of like un, uninterested, but talking to me, he's like, you're very public on your profiles and what like, does that mean yeah he was judgmental well right? he's german well he's not the german. only ones he wasn't Wait. german oh i believe he was serbian but oh. i could be wrong i can't i can't quite remember yeah he was disappro- definitely disapproving of my twitter presence and my instagram presence and just somebody that like that you were so open about everything you were doing you know some people think that it's too modern it's mm. what about old-fashioned times when you know things were there's a little more mystery, I guess, but I forget exactly what our conversation was. The next thing you know, all of a sudden he slaps me across my (gasps) face, like out of, out of nowhere. Like I was not expecting it at all. And he slapped me and, and he said, you had your first lesson. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And I was like, just like dumbfounded. And then I just sort of like, I guess I guess walked away and did the sort of ended the conversation. But as I walked away, I was processing. And then I was like, I took out my phone and I texted him on scruff. When's my next lesson? (laughs) (laughs) And so after I had fucked another daddy, um, I showed up for my, for our scheduled, for your second lesson, for our scheduled appointment. And um, he came to my to my room, with you know, in his uh, full leather gear and a flogger, mm. and he like tortured my nipples, and he was like, 
he, he'd let me know that I could take a lot in my, on my nipples and made me do push-ups and gave me some spankings. And then he gave me my first flogging experience. Mm. Like, and he, you know, he went, he went on me pretty hard and left some marks. And to this day, that was, that's the only, that's the most intense flogging experience I've had. I was also in a, in a really depressed state at the time. Um, I was, uh, really going through, feeling really, uh, a moment where I was feeling mm-hmm. really, really super insecure. It was a really intense experience. And I, I you know, of course I cried. And it, it, he loved that I cried. It was like, it's like probably part of his goal is just to, to break me I'm down. I'm sure he was totally hard the whole time. He's like, yes, I made him cry. Well, that was the thing. Like he didn't, anyway, I mean, uh. I'm saying too much because he's so <laughs> private. Like It's fine. We did not share his name, Tom Smith. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> I don't even think he really gave me his whole name, honestly. But oh, um, wow. But yeah, so like he ended up like 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 I didn't get to to you know we didn't fuck or anything like that. He jerked off on my chest, which was cool. But it was like there was no like I didn't get to play with his dick or anything. But I never I wasn't looking to be flogged. I'd never craved or desired necessarily to be flogged. I wanted him. And so for me, a lot of kink things, I mean, not all of them, like the cock cage was something I gravitated to or towards naturally. Mm-hmm. But sometimes kinks are about wanting to connect with a specific individual and that individual likes doing this. And so be- because my desire is so strong for mm-hmm. that person, I'm able to take the beating that he mm-hmm. was giving me. But like now and being in a different mindset, I was very depressed at that particular time. And, you know, to, to be super vulnerable, I, I've had this problem in the past. I took some psychology classes and uh, I learned that it has a name. It's called non-suicidal self-injury. And so when I get really, really depressed and upset, mm. I punch myself in the face. It's sort of like I haven't taken a drink in many years, but that's sort of like a kind of a, a version of a relapse for me. Like if I, if I go back to that behavior, mm-hmm. it's a huge indication that you know I you am, need to pause and I am really right? upset about things yeah. and so I, I wonder at that time because I was feeling in the way that I was like even his slapping me like he slapped me some more times in the room he hit me it wasn't even it wasn't a slap it was a hit and there was this part of me that was like I like this because you're doing it to me instead. Instead, like I don't have to do it to myself. But at the same time, there was this part of me that was still in touch with that, like, yeah, hurt me. Like, you know, it's like, anyway, it's super dark. And that's sort of how I use my drinking as well. It's like, hmm. you know, drink to oblivion because I just didn't want to um, exist or something. Um, but. It was a really, really special. All the things that were wrapped up in it, it was. It's still one of my my most cherished memories of kink experiences and connecting with him. And afterward, he he did kind of hold me, and he was he was like it was he was definitely warmer afterward, and mm-hmm. he was very open about how he really liked that I cried, and we continued to stay in contact, and he was sort of caring from from afar, from a very far. And he was, he would call me, I forget how he would refer to me, but like, like I was one of his soldiers or one of his boys or whatever. Oh, interesting. And I did run into him again in Berlin when I was there last for Folsom. Coincidentally, it was funny. It was like, oh, here we are again. <clears throat> but 
I, I just really cherish that memory. It was so special. And, you know, it's like the kind of thing that you might expect to have when on your, your uh, first Berlin experience. Well, when in Berlin. Exactly. That's right. Okay. If you could have sex with any famous person, living or dead, who would it be? Hmm. They wouldn't be dead while you're having sex with them. Note to the listeners. Look, don't yuck my yum. I'm just mister. <laughs> okay? We're not yucking people's kinks yeah. around I'm just saying here. if it was like Benjamin Franklin, this is a living Benjamin Franklin. Oh, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do very well at this. Oh, um, you were thinking Benjamin Franklin? I see. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. No, that doesn't sound hot at all. How about let's go with uh, Thor or something? Okay. Ooh. Like a, but now are we talking lost. Fat Thor, Skinny Thor, Old Thor, Young Thor? Wait, do you There's know about all these fat different Thor? versions of Thor? I'm not talking about. I, although are you probably, talking about Chris Hemsworth or the, you know what? The probably comic all. Book character. How about all of the versions of Thor at, at the same time? You know, it, like an orgy, uh, like a, like a multiverse orgy. Orgy. Yeah, that sounds hot. Th- wait, it would be a Thorgy. <laughs> Oh my god. But we that's a drag queen too. No, not Thorgy Thor. No, definitely. No no offense, Thorgy. I don't know. When I learned, took that Latin civilization class, I got really into Simon Simon Bolivar, I guess mm. is how you say it. Anyway, so the guy that plays Simon Bolivar in the movie mm-hmm. is really hot. And so Which like, movie is this? The movie called, of his I life. I think it's called Bolivar. Hmm. I could be wrong. I is it Sunset Bolivar? Yeah. Sorry, I, that's sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy who plays him, the actor that plays him in this mm-hmm. movie, um, he's been he's Venezuelan. So him as that character, because I imagine maybe the real Simon Bolivar may not be as sexy as hmm. this guy. Hollywood, baby. Yeah. How about like a team of okay. football players? I, I do. I do. How about a team of football players Some all dressed like Thor? Oh yeah. yes, rugby players. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of those in LA. A lot of the, most of them are gay. Thank you. All right. So, tell me about your magic beans. Oh, my magic beans. Oh yeah. So this is a reference to something that's in my bio, and because I really like tarot and astrology. And I guess like witchcraft, it's my version of spirituality. It's my version of how I connect to like a higher power. I made these beans because I was inspired by an image that I've, I pick up imagery magazines all the time. I make vision boards at least once a year, maybe twice a year. And I make vision board. I made a vision board so I would win IML. I made an altar so I would win IML. But also encapsulated in my altars and my vision boards are my desires, but not limited to a particular outcome. It's like whether this outcome happens, it's displayed there in these these creative ways, but it's less about whether I get that particular outcome and what I will also do whether I get it or not. You know, like everything on there can be true whether I do this thing or not. But I uh, picked up a magazine at the Chicago airport that had, you know, pictures of Chicago buildings and the big, the big silver bean. Oh, yeah. And I use it in my vision board for preparation, preparation for IML. And I put me standing on this silver bean and I looked at it and I thought, I need to, I need to make silver beans. So I got some pinto beans and spray painted them silver. And I was like, I have magic beans now. And I took them with me to IML, and I did a I did a little ritual in my room, and I, 
I, I got 54 beans and I ran each one through some incense and said that this is for my me this is for my brother and the inspiration that he takes back home or that they take back home to their community. So I ran every single bean um, one bean for each person that was a contestant in the contest. It's just I find these, you know, uh, sort of playful ways to engage with my inner guidance. So now I take the beans with me to every every time I judge a contest, and if somebody asks me what the beans are, anybody who's that curious is, to, is paying attention, I'll give away the beans if I do a tarot reading with them. If they if they want to mm. do a tarot reading, and usually somebody who wants to who's interested in the beans is open to a tarot reading, but it doesn't happen very often because most of the time people aren't listening to bios and. Yeah, so fucking long bios. We're bored of that shit, okay? Great, great. We want You're bullet amazing. points in our bios. Thank yeah. you. Magic beans and 12-inch cocks. That's what the bio says. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's not wrong. <laughs> it's like magic beans might be the only thing people hear from the boring bio. Anyway. So what's next for you? I mean, you've got uh, how much longer? I mean, you have actually quite a bit of time left in your reign, correct? My reign. Your reign. Um, that's right. <laughs> Apparently, that's what you say. Yeah, I have about um, six months left. So what's next? Specifically, my step down for Eagle LA Leather is January 6th. Mid-Atlantic Leather in Washington, D.C. is like the next weekend. Darklands eventually. I mean, I haven't figured it all out yet. But even after that, what's after IML is I won IML, but that same month I got an acceptance letter from UCLA to start going to school there to study Spanish. I'm a Spanish major. So I had to ask UCLA to defer my acceptance, and they I went through a process to do that, and they accepted. I was like, I won this this really Once important in a lifetime opportunity recognition in in my community and you know i have a, a really important job to do this year and i mean i don't say that sarcastically at all and anyway they accepted my request and so september next year i should be starting at ucla um, as a spanish major and hopefully i'll be able to incorporate queer studies as a as a minor absolutely but, so that's the next thing after all of IML. Yeah. So I just want to thank you so much for sitting down with me over coffee. The coffee, by the way, is being drunk out of a cup with Marcus with his um, almost nakedness, like just staring at me. It's, I realized about halfway through, I'm like, it's got all my looks. It's got a whole bunch of looks Mm -hmm. here. Oh, there we go. Is that your middle finger? Oh no, you're holding up guns. I'm holding a, the little pistolas. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. But look at that butt. Look at that butt. One would never have guessed what thirty nine years ago that this would be. This would be staring back, would you? Well, you were a baby then, but would oh. you honestly, like, when at any point in your life, maybe with without maybe the last few years, would you have ever guessed that this cup would exist? Yeah, and this cup is a gift from Butch Gear NYC. They made this cup for me. They put these images of myself on a cup, on a coffee cup, and they gave me some cool gear. So they're amazing. Check them out. It's Butch like Gear it's, own, it's a vision board, you know, that you didn't even have to make. Yeah, he he made that, which is super cool. But exactly, I uh, IML was something that I knew about and. I thought was you know sort of very untouchable. I never expected that uh, this was it was going to be me, and now I'm that. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, I didn't expect that. But it also sort of makes sense and is sort of in line with my my goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dream was to be a pop star. And pop star, to me, a pop star isn't just somebody who is like a singer, dancer, popular music artist. A pop star, you know, uh, Andy Warhol made pop art. Mm-hmm. Like, it's anything that's sort of popular and iconic so basically, I'm just calling myself iconic. <laughs> you are darling. But that's the thing. Not me, necessarily. IML is an iconic institution. And now I'm a part of it. And I did not expect that. But I put these words on my fingers. And to me, this is, this is completely in line. But I also, I wanted to be a pop star with a message. Like, that's why this is really special. It's not just about going around and being fabulous. Like, there's a lot of uh, sort of activism wrapped up in just being being an out leather person, mm-hmm. you know? And there's many ways to incorporate activism. And, you know, part of it is just being visible. And I think people sometimes forget that. It's one of the most powerful things we can do. It's just be authentic and allow others to see our authentic selves. So that's, that's a message that I remind myself of personally, actually, and I like to share. So now where can we see you on the socials, including X? Uh, well, I'm at Marcus Monster on X and on Instagram. I don't advertise. I don't have a link to my X profile or whatever. I like to be like this sort of like little secret that you stumble upon. Bitches can spell. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it can't be easier. I'm at Marcus You're at Monster on, on either platform. Fabulous. Well, thank you again so much. This has been more fun than you can imagine. Leather 101 is hosted and produced by Doug Milliken. Special thanks to Marcus Borella and Eagle LA. You can follow us on Instagram at Leather101Pod and my Mr. Regiment Instagram at PipeDaddy73. Thank you for listening. And as always, don't dream it, be it.